Hi, I'm BJ, and this is the Arcane Alienist Podcast. Hey everybody, this will be a real detailed episode. I um, just had some calls lingering from uh, Jason Connerly and Carl Rodriguez that I wanted to, to get to before they sat too long. Um, I'll probably this weekend have a recap of two or three games I've played in to uh, to summarize. So look for that in the next few days. But for now, let's take some calls. Hey BJ, Jason here. So I love your recaps. Keep doing them. Great. Yeah, as far as a rep PDF, I don't particularly want my name associated with DMs Guild, so I'll just be anonymous. But, um, yeah, I'll definitely help you do that. You, you know, it's funny because all these 5e guys are talking about doing, just recreating all this stuff that's already out there for 5e. You, you know, already out there for other games. Like Daniel said, you know, BX already has exploration down to a science. When you're talking about the Mad Max style thing, Hell, your um, Shadow of the Demon Lord, he had a thing, I forget what it was called, but he did a Mad Max thing for Shadow of the Demon Lord. I'm surprised you don't have that. Um, yeah, there was something else you're talking about. Oh, well, talking about domain stuff, I mean, Adventure Conquer King System does it great. And so, and got cut off there. Um, and, you know, Lamentations of Flame Princess also has a pretty good basic domain management system, a little simpler than Adventure Conquer King system. I get people want stuff in 5e because that's the most popular thing, but, you know, luckily for the creators that want to do this stuff, they can just copy everything that's already out there, and they don't have to be very creative. So that's kind of mean, isn't it? It's not very fair to them. But, you know, all these products are already out there and probably cheaper than the 5e versions. So... Folks, go check out other games. Love you. Bye. Hey, BJ Jason here. I was a little angry, I think. Maybe not angry. A little grumpy, I guess is a better word, on that last call. Sorry about that. <laughs> a lot of negative feelings towards 5e for some reason, a game I've never really played. But, yeah, I guess I get frustrated when all these great products are out there and they're ignored, and then they're just repurposed into new products. But, you know what? Hey, more power to the people that make them and people that buy them, I guess. I just wish some of the older stuff got more love. Um, Carl, yeah, you're right. He's the geomologist for a reason. He fixed reputation right there. So I, I think that takes care of that problem. And as far as The Mummy goes, I, I don't think it's a kid's movie, to be honest. I think the later movies with Karis are a kid's movie, you know, with where the priest just controls The Mummy. But I think that first movie, I'm coming up to a minute. I'll call you right back. Anyhow, I think the earlier movies probably are more kids' movies. I think a lot of the themes in the 32 Mummy really are more adult themes, this idea of love. And, you know, you only see the mummy for, what, 35, 40 seconds <laughs> at the beginning of the movie. Real, Well, at least wrapped in bandages at the beginning of the movie. Spoilers. So I, I kind of think that's more... I think it takes more of an adult to really appreciate what they're doing with the mummy. Um, the, the mummy, I think, is a really underrated film and a movie, obviously, you can pull a lot from to run a game with as... You know, Dave Dunn in Dungeon Crawl Classics. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I think I would argue against the idea of it being a kid's movie compared to, you know, maybe some of these other ones. I don't know. Some of the later ones especially. But anyhow, great episode. Sorry for my little grumpy rant earlier. 
and take care. I'll talk to you in game with you soon. Hey, Jason, I think you make some really good points. I'd have to do a side-by-side comparison. I think if any rule that is kind of not explicitly covered, you know, like the exploration, that's there in 5th edition. They just don't put it all together in a procedure the way they do in the combat chapter. So you have to go hunting for everything and kind of cobble it together as, as a GM to um, to really get it out. And I, I, th- I would have appreciated if they made it that, laid it out the same way you like combat. Here's a process, you know. But for for the things that are aren't there, like um, as standard, like or that they don't have an optional rule for, like well, they do have an op- optional reputation rule, but it's kind of wonky. It's in the Dungeon Master's Guide. <laughs> there may be other ways to do it that you can pull in from existing games that are simpler. So I think it is important to look at other games and go, you know what? Can I pull this mechanic into this in, into into my game? And use it. Will it work as is without me having to do? You know, if it fits, just just take the simpler rule. And you're right. Don't reinvent the wheel. But you know, there's some creators out there who are kind of really enthusiastic about um, kind of the challenge of making uh, fifth edition products for fifth edition. And I'm sure that you know there were people doing that in fourth edition, even though it wasn't as well received. There are people who do it for Pathfinder. And when we get to 25th edition, there'll be people doing it for 25th edition. Yeah, I understand that giving the game some old love and it's good to kind of look at those other products and see what they have to offer for ideas or even just, you know, you can sometimes if it, if two games are fairly modular, you can take pieces of different ones and just use the rules from different ones to rule different manage different aspects of the game. But um with the mummy, I wanted to be clear, I didn't think it was a children's movie. I think it's not a movie I would be remiss to let an older kid watch because I think right at, at this point they wouldn't the, the couple of scenes are a little bit I wouldn't let any kid watch it you know, any kid I'd let watch a PG-13 movie I'd probably let watch the mummy the original one but um that doesn't mean it's a kids movie I just think it's 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 a movie kids can enjoy um but it was an actually the New York Times um uh, reviewer in 1923 who said that most of the mummy is a costume melodrama for children that's the exact quote um he, men- he mentions there are really only two weird or or, or terror ter- scenes that are actually full of terror it's the uh when the mummy first comes alive and the kind of drives the archaeologist you know you know just kind of drives him mad oh there's a spoiler sorry um and then and then when they're the flashback where them where they're wrapping wrapping him up and the bandages alive and Karloff gives this really good um uh, expression that, that shows kind of he's kind of you know he's got this wild-eyed look and, and those can be you know those invoke a little bit of sense of horror or dread but um there's not a lot of, you know there's not a lot of jump scares there's not a lot of uh, body horror there's not a lot of you know, like we would think of today so i don't think it's a kid's movie i, I was just kind of commenting on you know the the it's not as as, as violent or gory or as intense as contemporary horror movies and that this one reviewer had even said at the time it's it's, it's a costume melodrama for children i think the themes the plot understanding what's going on and some of the subtleties about what is going on between the characters the the three characters are um the main characters uh, with a little love triangle that develops that's certainly something that you need to be older to, to appreciate and understand and pick up on um 
I will agree. I know, I know, I know Joe Richter at hindsightless had watched this movie recently as well. And I will agree with him that when you think about it, <laughs> the leading man is kind of worthless. <laughs> he, he really doesn't do much to help. Um, I guess other than give, uh, hell on a reason to, to resist the, uh, you um, attempts to, uh, to inspell her at certain points. But he, yeah, he really, he's just kind of there to be the handsome hero and he really doesn't do a whole heck of a lot <laughs> than run around and show and, 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 you know, fail to protect her. So, uh, yeah, I, I, and it was really cool the way, I don't know. I think there's a lot of, I, I don't want to do any more spoilers for people who haven't seen the movie. Cause I think you got to watch the movie. It would be interesting to discuss how it resolves and the agency of all the characters involved in the resolution of the, 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 the movie at the end, but I enjoyed it. I'm glad that you and Rob are, are have kind of been talking about these movies and I think I'm going to go through the classics on my list when I have time for the rest of the month of October. Um, I got a really cool Frankenstein based module. I wish I could run if I could cobble together a one shot. It shouldn't, shouldn't take too long, but, uh, it comes from uh, professor dungeon master at the, the dungeon craft YouTube channel. He's, he started to publish some of his short modules through, um, through the quest givers, DJ Scotty, DJ Scotty, DM Scotty, <laughs> <laughs> and I got the, uh, I got the um, Frankenstein one that he just put out. That's pretty cool. And you know the one we did with Carl and Dungeon Call Classics that had a mummy theme was also really probably appropriate for a for a Halloween. Uh, so yeah, thanks for the calls. Don't worry about being grumpy. Happens to all of us. Talk to you soon. Yeah, they did put a lot of those classic adventures um, in Tales from the Yawning Portal, right? So it has. Um, White Plume Mountain and Against the Giants revisited for um, for 5e. I think it actually has like Forge of Fury too and, and the, the first one that people hated with the uh, what was that first one called? I don't remember. The first 3.0 one as well. So um, that's actually a pretty good product. I have it, the physical copy. I don't know if I have if I would invest the, on the Roll20 um, maybe I'll spring that on my players. Hey, come to the come to play with uh, X level, and we're going to run this. I think Tomb of Horrors was in there too, if I'm not mistaken. And Tales from the Yawning Portal. That's a good product. Anyway, uh, thanks for the recaps, BJ, and I will talk to you soon. Yeah, interesting, right? Um, I wonder what people think about old game conversions to 5e, right? Goodman Games has that whole series, and I think they're now on the Temple of Elemental Evil is their latest one. It's like two books. It's pretty crazy. I guess the first book is the original and the second book is the new 5e version of like a two-book box set. But I bought all of them. I got the Castle Amber one. I, I really like the Isle of the Dread one. That's the first one I bought. And then I went back and got the Keep on the Borderlands. But it'd be fun to do that. And um, I mean, I think D&D is classic. And I, you know, it's not that hard. To, I was running... Um, what was it called? Uh, I was definitely, I was running in 5e in Karamikos in the known world, uh, an old module, Night's Dark Terrors, that's what it's called. Um, and it works. Yeah, Undermountain. I got a lot of use out of Undermountain, both the uh, Ruins of Undermountain, Ruins of Undermountain 2, and all the various supplements that tackled that area. Um, it was very cool. That was our go-to 
when I had a campaign, second edition AD&D based in Waterdeep. It was a campaign that I actually started in first edition. And we even went through the Avatar War, which is very cool. Some very memorable events um, that happened there. Um, yeah, uh, one of these days I'll have to tell those war stories. But uh, Under Mountain was like our, hey, what do we want to do today? Do we want to go out and into the country in Waterdeep? No, let's go to Under Mountain. So they'd go through tail, they go to the yawning portal, pay you know, pay the fee, and uh, go down the hole and have stuff in Under Mountain. We had some really cool stuff. Uh, they found sculpt, they found the spoiler city underneath there, and did some adventures there too. It was a uh, very fun. I really liked Under Mountain, and I would do it again in a Waterdeep campaign. Hey, Carl. Um, yeah, Tales from the Yawning Portal. That has, uh, you can run these independently, or you could, if you have a little work, tweak them and, and weave them into a, a single campaign, probably. It's got the Sunless Citadel, the Forge of Fury, which were the first two uh, modules released for third edition. The uh, classic Hidden Shrine of Timoakan, or Timoachan, I can't remember how you say that, which is, I think was an AD&D module. White Plume Mountain. Which is one of the uh, the legendary funhouse dungeons. <laughs> um, you know, most of these come from Greyhawk as a default setting, even though the Yawning Portal is in Waterdeep. Um, Dead and Thay, well, I guess Dead and Thay is, is a specific to Forgotten Realms, although you could you could adjust it to anywhere. Um, which was a, I think Dead and Thay was presented as a playtest for Fifth Edition. Back when it was still D and D next, um, and then you've got the the classic against the giants and and tomb of horrors here as well. So um, so yeah, you've got a lot of a lot of uh, things that were pre- prior editions that are converted in Tales of the Young Portal Fifth Edition, which is kind of what they've also done with Ghosts of Salt Marsh. Um, they've got the classic Salt Marsh A D and D series plus some other shorter nautical themed adventures that have been published elsewhere and, and, and republished there. Um, the Temple of Elemental Evil, I have that conversion. I'm in the process of actually setting up my maps and fantasy grounds so that I can run it hopefully after the holidays. Uh, and you're right, it is two very large volume, two very, very large volume set. I think 731, 1, 2, 3, 4, 734 pages between the two of them. Interestingly enough, uh, volume 1 contains the entire original one, <laughs> uh, including the, the, the redo of the Village of Hamlet. I think it's got the original Village of Hamlet in there as well. Um, no, they just got the, the original. They don't have the original. They just have the version that came with um, the original publication. That's only the first 41 pages. Um, I'm sorry. There's a 40-page introduction that has uh, essays and commentary from different figures in the, the D&D world. And then on page 41, the... Uh, Temple of Elemental, the T1 through 4 starts, and the 225 starts the conversion for 5th edition. But that is only... You know, so, so the original material and kind of the introductory stuff is about the first... Let me look here. i got my book. It's maybe about the first 60%. So this is a little over half of the first book. 
and the fifth edition conversion takes up the remainder of the first book and the entirety of the second book just because it's you know the 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 original is in there in the same font size and layout as um as a published module you know a very tiny what's that probably eight ten point font aerial and then the the conversion is in times new roman and sort of a more of a modern larger font with larger spacing between the paragraphs and more more page you know more white space to make it easier on the eye so that's why part of the reason it's so much longer than of course the appendix are going to be longer because the stat blocks for the monsters that you need in here that don't appear in the monster manual are uh, are longer than AD&D stat blocks so um yeah it's pretty pretty hefty two volume set I have all of those uh this is the sixth one they've done they've done into the Borderlands, which combines In Search of Adventure and Keep on the Borderlands, B1 and B2. Number two is The Isle of Dread. Number three is Expedition to the Barrier Peaks. And then four is The Lost City. And five is Castle Amber. So Barrier Peaks and uh, Elemental Evil are the only ones from AD&D. The rest of them so far have been from uh, basic and expert stuff. So if you want to they got the original module, so if you want to run them BX style, you got what you need there. Or for these AD&D ones, the two that are AD&D. Um, or you have a 5th edition conversion. And they do a pretty good job, I think, with the 5th the edition conversions. Um, Undermount, yeah, that would be a fun place to revisit at some point, either as a DM or as a player. So thanks for the, uh, the call, Carl, and I'll talk to you later. And that's it. That's, uh, you know, had a few calls from Jason and a few calls from Carl. That was Jason Connerly of the Nerds RPG Variety Cast. And Carl Rodriguez of the Geomologist Presents both also have podcasts here on um, Anchor. Be sure and check those out if you haven't already. And I appreciate the calls, guys. Appreciate everybody out there listening. And I'll be back later. And that's it for this episode of The Arcane Alienist. I want to thank Dave Bone for the cover art that I use for the episodes. Check out ironseer.com. And the music is Come and Get It by Scott Holmes Music. Uh, thank you for listening. Uh, give me a call sometime through the Anchor app or at the Anchor website. And I'll be back in the future with another episode.